Amen. Hey, a couple of quick things before we jump right in here. First, um, every year we do this because every year there are people who are in need in our church. Um, there are always families who are out of a job or um, just kind of struggling. And I, I want to encourage you, if you would like to to give to some families within the church, you can put on your envelope. We don't pass an offering plate around, but we have offering boxes here and another door. Um, put on there for a needy family uh, on the envelope and put maybe attention Jeff on there so that the counters know what to do with it. What I'd like to do is uh, get enough resources to give to those three or four families within the church who need help during this Christmas season. So if you'd like to do that, I know, I know so many of you would love to bring, say, presents over to the family or a meal, that kind of thing, but you, you'll understand this. It, it becomes really awkward and uncomfortable for people within the church if other people kind of come over to their house and say, hey, here's all of your stuff. Um, so we want to do it anonymously, and if you'd like to give, we would really, really appreciate it. We'll take those resources and we'll give them to the people in need. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's folks that are they're working real hard. They're trying to make uh, ends meet and uh, and they don't want to run into debt over Christmas, but they also don't want to have nothing under the tree for their children. So um, those are the people that we're going to be helping this year. That's one thing. The other thing is um, something really innovative and creative, which is really awkward for Grace Chapel. But um, here it's called donation, donation, uh, D-O-E nation. And uh, Kevin is a part of Heart of the Outdoors. It's part of, a, it's part of a ministry that we're connecting with here at Grace Chapel. But what they want to do is find five families, either within the church or uh, people that you know that you could say, hey, this family could really use this. They'll give 10 pounds of ground um, venison to a family along with all of the, uh, the, the ingredients for chili so they can make a ton of chili uh, for those folks. So if you know a family that would be in need this Christmas that could use uh, some donation, uh, we will give them 10 pounds of uh, deer meat along with all the fixings to make chili. And if you're not really into deer meat, when you put the chili in there, I'll tell you, you can't tell the difference anyway. So it'll be a lot of fun. And that's a lot of, I think it's a great, great innovative thing to do. Uh, that's what I love about our church. We always come up with innovative things and, and connecting with people with doing innovative things. So if you'd like to be a part of that, if you know someone that be, could be helped, make sure that you connect with me or Kevin after the service. All right. In 2005, we started doing something that has become part of the DNA of Grace Chapel. We started a, a ministry called SWAP. Swap means sacrificing with a purpose. It's right back here. You've seen it. You see this wall and you're like, a lot of you have no idea. I mention every once in a while, but you really have no idea what it's all about. Well, this morning I'm going to share with you uh, what it's all about, how God has impacted the lives of so many people. So it's swap, sacrificing with a purpose. It means giving up something you want to make sure someone else has something they truly need. That's the goal of swap. Over the last seven years, we've raised over $350,000 through SWAP for people in our own community and around the world. And I find that to be totally amazing. I don't think there's a Sunday that has gone by since we've done this in 2005 that someone didn't at least swap one thing from the SWAP wall. Thinking through, you know, what can I give up? What can I sacrifice to make the life of someone else a little better? Swap is not about taking the leftover money that you have at the end of the month and thinking, well, I've got a little extra here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give and I'll swap something. That's not really what it's all about. It's really about, um, it's really about 
a, a, a conscious effort on your part, on my part, to think through what can I give up? It's beyond your normal tithe. We, all, we should all be tithing here at Grace Chapel once a week or whatever, once a month, whatever you do. But that's, that's our tithe. Lay that aside. Swapping is a conscious effort to think of what, what is it that I can sacrifice to give someone else something that they truly need? I mean, how many times do you go to Starbucks and you get coffee per month and you're saying, you know, I can maybe make coffee at home and save the money and I'll take that money and I'll invest it in someone's life. What's happened over the past few years has been totally amazing. Um, I remember back when, uh, when Jen, my daughter Jen and Kim, when they were in high school, uh, with, what they were doing was they would, Jen with, with, went without shoes for a year. That's a sacrifice, my friends. Yes. When, when, a, when a woman, when a, when a girl will go without shoes for a year, she and a few friends did that. Other, other girls in our group, what they did in our high school youth group, is they, they swapped their prom dresses. Instead of going out and getting a brand new prom dress, they said, I'll wear my sister's, my older sister's prom dress, or you wore that last year, I'll wear it this year. And they kind of swapped around their prom dresses so they can use the money at that time to buy some cows. There were some cows that we could get for some folks, and they were swapping their prom dresses to get cows cows. They even did each other's nails instead of going out and doing the nails. They took the resources and they gave that money. Other people would, would say, you know what, I'm going to skip going to lunch after church a couple of weeks because if you have three or four or five people in your family, that'll run up to like 70, 75, 80 bucks um, to go out to lunch a few times. That money was then swapped to buy a sewing machine for someone in India or Nigeria. And that money was able to provide a job for someone in those countries. And that mom, that single mom, that widow, could then take care of a family of three, four, five, six kids. Because now she had something of value. Now she had a trade. Now she had a, a business that she could use. So that's what swapping is all about. There are other people over the years that literally held out on buying a car or didn't go on vacation and used that money to buy a well, a deep water well in Nigeria to drill a well for someone in a village for a group of people in the village. And so swapping's been part of the DNA of our church for, for, for years, for years. It has impacted the lives of so many people. See, here at Grace Chapel, we believe that swapping should always be part of the core of what we do, of who we are. And some people say, well, why, why should it be a part of the core? Well, in Luke chapter 12, verses 32 through 34, we read this. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, swap. Go sell your possessions, sell some of the possessions and give to the poor. Swapping. That's what they're doing. They're making a conscious effort. They see a need. They, they, they sell something and they give that to someone in need. That's exactly what they're talking about here. Here in, here in Luke, Jesus is, is telling us not to worry about the things that the rest of this world worries about. Running after all of these things. It says that God knows that we need them and that he's going to provide for our needs. And what I love about this passage as well is it says that, 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 that Jesus calls us his little flock. I, I like that. It's more intimate. Jesus says, my little flock. It has the idea of a small number of true disciples and the care and concern that they can expect from their shepherd. We can expect 
that our shepherd is going to take care of our needs. That is so important when it comes to the heart of giving. It is so important when it comes to having a heart of giving. The care that that Jesus talks about here is freely and lovingly given by the Father. Here's what it says. It says, the Father has been pleased, pleased. He's pleased to give you the kingdom. He is pleased to give you the kingdom. We are children of the king. And if we are children of the king, then we should be thinking through and using our resources in a way that meets the needs of others in in a more important way. We should be thinking through how we use everything that God has given us, not just spending it on material things, material possessions of this world. Now, I know that's hard to hear at this time of year. You know, it's kind of a hard sell at this time of year. But before I move on, let me just say this morning, before even your mind even starts moving there, you are not going to hear a sermon this morning bashing the materialism of the season. Rather, what I'd like us to do is to think about our own lives, to think about our lives and to think about the goodness of God and all that we have, all that God has given to us. If we do that and we think about through that process, how can we touch just one life during this Christmas season? Then I'll have accomplished all that I wanted to this morning. Not, not, I don't want anyone walking out of here feeling any kind of guilt. What I'd like you to do is think through, think through your life, think through the goodness of God and what he has done in your life, and then think through maybe one person that you can touch, one life, touch one this Christmas season, impact the life of one person this Christmas season. That would be what we're talking about. Because, because once, once you understand how much God loves you, Once you understand how much he loves you, once you truly understand that he wants to provide for the needs of his children, then the the cool thing is you're free to give openly to those in need. If you're if you're wringing your hands all the time, what if what what, what's going to happen now next year when I'm 65, when I'm 85 years old, what's going to happen? I need to accumulate as much as I possibly can just in case, just in case, just in case. There's a difference between being prepared and just being paranoid or something. You want to be prepared. But you get to the point, I think, in our, we get to the point in our lives sometimes where we, we're wringing our hands so much worrying about tomorrow, worrying about next week, next month, next year, 25 years down the road. What God is saying is, hey, I know what you need. I know you have needs. I will take care of your needs. When you understand that, you have the freedom to give to those around you. See, if we seek first the kingdom of God in our hearts, We are no longer bound by the fears and the principles of this world. You have freedom. There's freedom in Christ. We don't have to worry about what everybody else worries about. We don't have to worry about all these other things. And that gives us the freedom to swap, to think through, what can I sacrifice? What can I give up? Sacrificing with a purpose In verse 33, we're told this, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Remember what we said a few weeks ago? The poor, biblically, are people who are looking for an opportunity. They're just looking for an opportunity. They're looking for someone to come along and give them that particular opportunity to give them what they truly, what they truly, truly need. And when we seek first his kingdom, 
that allows us to open up our hearts. It allows us to open up our eyes and to see the needs around us, to, to see all that God has for us and to provide the necessary help for those who don't want a hand out. They want a hand up. So that's who we're talking about this morning, looking for opportunities to take care of those who are looking for a hand up and not a hand out. We've talked about this multiple times. That's who we're talking about. And see, when you and your heart realize that God is in control, God has my life. Uh, you've, look, at, you're sitting here, you've made it this far. God has got provided for you what you need. And I think sometimes what happens is we think to ourselves, you know, if I were to hit that $500 million lottery that was a few weeks ago, boy, then I could really give. Or if I could just get this other job, or if I could do this, or then I could truly give. And what I'm saying to you this morning is even if it's giving out of the meager amounts that you have to give to others, it will truly impact not only the life of the person you're giving to, but it will impact your life. It will make a difference in your life. We need to get out of the mindset that I need. I was, I was, this is about eight years ago. I was standing out here right outside the door and a young college student came to me and said, you know, I, you talked about giving and my plan is that I'm going to build my portfolio. And once I get my portfolio built up where I really think it needs to be, then I'll begin to give. I looked at him and I said, you're never going to give. You'll never give because you will never have enough. If that's your mindset right now, you'll never have it. It'll always be next year and next year and next year. And you'll never, you'll never provide the, for the needs of others. You'll never, truly, you'll never truly come to that point. And so we need to seek first his kingdom, which will allow us the freedom to give freely to those who are looking to really impact their own lives. Now, at, at this time every year, Everyone seems to be, I know most people that, I'm, that I know very well, seem to be looking for an opportunity to, 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 to give to someone who's in need. And I also see that there are a whole lot of people out there, and this is not a negative thing, that, that have needs and they're, they're, they're looking for, for you to give to the needs that they have, like other organizations. I mean, you can't come out of a store, again, not a criticism. I actually like them very much. The ringing the bells, they're constantly ringing the bells. You see this group ringing the bells and those ring, and you throw your change in there and there's people, you, you can't open your mail without an organization asking for maybe a donation for the, you know, end of the year donation. But what I'm not doing this morning is I'm not talking about the change that's in your pocket. And I'm not even talking about your year-end tax giving. Let's see, it's December, you know, you start to give year-end tax giving. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a heart to swap. A heart to swap. And Jesus is not telling his, his, his followers here that they should go out and sell everything that they own and become holy paupers. That's not what he's saying. People read this sometimes and say, this make, how can I follow through this? Go and sell all your possessions. He's not asking his, his, the people in his flock to sell everything they have and become holy paupers. What that would do was that, that would basically put the, them in a position where their neighbors had to take care of them, had to invest in their lives. They would then have nothing to give to the poor. If they just sold everything they had and just basically, oh, right, now I'm poor just like everyone else. That's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what Jesus is asking his followers to do. He's telling them to think through what can they sacrifice. When they see someone in need, they need to consciously think through what can I give up to make sure that person has the necessities 
of their lives. What can I do? Jesus Christ was not against private ownership. It wasn't, he, was not, he wasn't a communist. He wasn't a socialist. I'm not even saying he was anything, but that's not what he was. He didn't mind having people having private ownership of things. What he was concerned about was that our things do not dominate our lives. Our things don't own us. Jesus was not concerned at all how much you actually had, how much money you have. He's not concerned about how much money you have. What he's concerned about is what you do with the resources that he has given you. God provides it all. You do not own, you can choose to think it, but you don't own what he's given you. You are a steward of what God has given you. So whether you're a billionaire or a millionaire or a thousandaire or whatever else, okay, that's not, the, that's not his issue. His issue is, is it holding you back? Are those resources holding you back from becoming the person you were created to be? That's what happened with the rich young ruler. People say, well, man, look, yes, I got to give up, sell everything and then come and follow him. Yes, because Jesus knew that was holding him up. He doesn't ask everyone. That's not a part of salvation, he doesn't say part of salvation is, you know, accepting as Lord and Savior, or Jesus died on the cross, and, and plus go sell everything you have, and then you can come and follow me. He said it to that person because he knows that's what that person needed to hear. He was being held back. So Jesus is not against private ownership, and Jesus is not concerned if you're a millionaire. What he's concerned about is that money does not dictate the destiny of your life. It doesn't dictate the direction of your life. He's concerned that you make sure that you use the resource that he has given you in a way that pleases him. I believe he's talking about swapping here. I really do. I believe in this passage, he's talking about sacrificing with a purpose. He wants his church, he wants his church to have a culture. It's a culture of giving. Not just writing a tithe check or whatever time you write that, but a culture of giving. He wants his people to have a passion to sacrifice for the needs of others. It is so good that you tithe. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Keep doing it, please. But beyond that, the Old Testament, we were under law, 10%. You had 10%. Now we're under grace. And so Jesus says, how much more then should we who know him? That's why there should be a culture. We talk about swapping, sacrificing with a purpose, thinking through what can I give up? That creates a culture. I want you to see the nuance here. That then creates a culture of giving within the church. You don't say, well, no, I, I tithe this month, so... If I see someone need, I'm going to have to wait till next month or I get my raise, whatever else. No, 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 no. What you say is, hmm, maybe I'll put off getting that item till next month to give that person what they need this month. That's the difference. It's other person focused. We become other person focused. It is a culture of giving. It is a conscious, thoughtful culture of giving. That is what swapping is all about. And in doing that, you provide for yourself, the Bible says, treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. Treasures that cannot be taken away from you and will never be exhausted. There's one thing about giving that, especially people I've known within our church who give and who really give, who sacrifice and give. The people that I, that I see in the, in the church all of my life who are the best givers live their lives with their hands open. 
and God put, takes out, and then God puts in, and God takes out. And God. People walk around like this. How is God supposed to put something in your... You say, well, God doesn't give me, and I, I don't see any promises being... Because you're like this. The people who truly give have their hands open. Whether they have a lot or a little, that's how they live their lives. And God puts in and God takes out. And God puts in and God takes out. That's what swapping is all about. It's storing up yourselves treasures in heaven that cannot be taken away. No one can steal your spiritual wealth. No one can steal your spiritual wealth. And unlike material wealth, it doesn't create a barrier It doesn't create any kind of barrier to your true treasure, Jesus Christ. Because the reality is, where your treasure is, there your heart will soon follow. Wherever your treasure is. Now, we can create in our own minds and conjure up all kinds of excuses, but the reality is, where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is. That's where your heart is, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. So let's get more specific because we will never do anything dynamic until we get specific. For a young church, Grace Chapel has sent out a lot of missionaries over the last few years. We sent a lot of missionaries out. And I would like to have uh, Jason and Emily coming up first. I want to have them sit down and I want you to hear about how God has been working in their lives. What God has been doing through them because you invest in them. And then how we can be involved in what God is doing on the mission field. So this is Jason and Emily. Can I say, I want to say one quick thing, like I I didn't do this in the first service, but um, how long have I known you, Jason? How long has it been? Um, Longer than it has been taking me to turn this mic on. (laughs) Gosh, I think um, 2003. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 2003, I sat with you and you said, you can be the guy to go to Nigeria. (laughs) All right. And I I did. You started it, though. Let's just be honest. He he brought it up first. He's a good salesman. Yeah, well, you're there, right? And you're happy, aren't you? Let's not complain. Okay, let's just, you know. Um, Emily, I've known since seventh grade, correct? And Emily was on the first trip uh, in 1995. We went to that first orphanage. Uh, with Todd and Beth and you, and it was, I think, out of that group, I was looking at a video um, probably a year back, I'd say probably 40% of the people went on that trip, went into ministry, or have done something significant in business, you know what I mean, to give back. It's incredible. It's truly incredible. So, first, tell us, tell us what God has been doing in Nigeria. Yeah, 2012 has been a great year uh, for us in Nigeria. Our, our um, farming project, last year, if some of you remember, I was raising funds for a farming project. We do community development uh, in back-to-back Nigeria. And in community development, you can't just walk into a community and start serving the orphan and widow because a community needs to be the one to do that. So we have to work with a people group from that community. The people group that we work with is the youth. Well, what would happen is the youth would go in, and they would want to do something, and then they come back to me and say, yeah, but we need some money to do, do some projects and stuff. And that wasn't sustainable, and that's not really what community development was. So we had to figure out a way to generate money for them. So we started a farming project. And um, by January, this January, we should be harvesting um, quite a bit of peas and green beans. And what they'll do is they'll take it in the market, sell it, then that money can be what's used to go in. And now they have funds to go. um, So it's sustainable. And it's it's them uh, understanding what it is to swap their time 
to go back into their own community to help those that are needs, mostly the orphans and widows. We also have started our literacy, literacy program. When I started the Bible study three years ago, I noticed most of those guys couldn't read. And I, I knew that that's something we wanted to do. However, the only available time that people can meet is usually in the evenings because during the day everybody works. The problem was we don't have any power where our community center is, and I didn't have enough money to run the generator all night long. Uh, this past spring, we got a donation, and now we have solar power, and that solar power is providing light. So now we have literacy programs or literacy classes during the night. We have uh, worship. We have um, other things going on as well. But what that has done now is it's encouraged them and given them more confidence to read. Now we have more people at the Bible study, and now they're actually reading the Bible that they've had in front of them for so long that they never had an opportunity to, to read. So that's really exciting. And we've also got more. This year we got six more children at our education center, which is a sponsorship program that Back to Back has. And they are um, they're kids from the village, orphans from the village, and we, we put them in schools and then our education center is basically a tutor program. And uh, Emily will tell you about our children's homes. Um, this past August, we received a new staff family that came from Columbus, Ohio, and they have helped us um, come alongside some of the children's homes that we work with. We work with three different homes. Um, one of those homes is called Destiny's um, Children's Home, and it's a neat, um, neat place. They have 29 kids, and the majority of those children have come from a community that was um, attacked um, persecution, um, people had come through and had taken their families away from them. And so we've been able to come alongside of them. Uh, we spent a lot of time this summer reading with them. We spent a lot of time um, taking them around the world to visit different countries, per se, in their classrooms. And um, our new staff couple has been there helping them with some phonics stuff. And so it's been a great partnership. We're really um, just blessed to be part of that community of that children's home. Um, we also have the Recruitment Children's Home, which we have um, known for the last few years that we've been there, but they've been building um, their home literally a, a brick at a time, and they have um, just received t- 10 children um, over the course of the last few months. And so uh, our children's homes are growing. Uh, we really are excited about just the different ways that we've been able to come alongside of them and meet um, all the different needs the children have there, but it's been, a, it's been a great year with them. That's awesome. And so tell us how we can swap to make your ministry more effective. Yeah, well, the basic stuff, we have food and clothing on the swap wall, but something specific that I've been um, working on is uh, three years ago, we had got a donation uh, for a block machine, and what that block machine did is it built up our infrastructure, it built our education center, and it's done a lot of other things, but now it's just sitting, so we want to turn that into a business to sell the block. We have everything we need except for a truck to deliver the block, and we have guys on ground who are willing to do it. Uh, but we need a we need a truck. I had a, a donor give me five thousand dollars seed money to get it going. The goal would be twelve thousand. So, if you're thinking of a swap idea, uh, that's something we're working on as well. Um, some of the other needs that um, JC even mentions, we have a child sponsorship program, and that's a real personal way of getting involved and connected to the ministry, whether it's in Nigeria or India or Mexico. But we um, have a pro- sponsorship program where you get to adopt a child for $50 or $100 a month, and we basically work really hard at making that a personal connection with you, whether that's through emails back and forth of what's been going on um, in that child's particular home uh, we also send letters back and forth, but it's been a, a great way for us to help provide some of those basic needs, like paying the electric bill um, or the generator bill to get the electric yeah. there. So it helps us provide some of those basic needs that we can't always provide through different swap items and stuff. That's awesome. And so one of the cool things was last year you guys were here and you said, boy, we want to get this dry season uh, farm started. And so people gave, it has started, and it's changing people's lives. 
Okay, so now you're looking for a truck, which will create a business. So that's cool. That's really, really good. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. There are 163 million orphans in the world. Every day, nearly 6,000 more children become orphans. 12 million orphans live in Nigeria alone. My name is Jason Monifo. Back-to-back ministry exists to love and care for the orphan and impoverished child by meeting their spiritual, physical, educational, emotional, and social needs. Our hope is that they will break the cycle of generational poverty. Solomon wrote many things called Proverbs, okay? They teach us to be wise. We desire for every orphan and impoverished child to have the opportunity for success through care for today and hope for tomorrow. Our goal is that each child would experience restoration to a life of purpose in which they can become fulfilled and mature Christian adults. It is in his pursuit of the one that Christ shows us by example that each child is an individual with gifts and a purpose that he created specifically for them. Through partnerships with local children's homes and rural communities, Back to Back is bringing restoration to the hearts of orphans in Jos, Nigeria, one at a time. Care for Today is as simple as providing food and vitamins to the children living in the Kaseyat village. Hope for Tomorrow comes through annual medical checkups to test for common African diseases. We provide bed nets to help prevent malaria and clean drinking water through drilling of deep water wells. Our community center has become a safe place for teens to dream about making their community better. They come to understand the promises God has made to them in His Word and to collaborate on how they can be empowered as a group to care for their own widows and orphans. Teens from around Kaseyat Village meet weekly for biblical and ethical mentorship. After-school tutoring and adult literacy programs are available to give educational support. Through our sponsorship programs, we have been able to send a few children to private schools an advantage that will help provide a more secure future. This care for today is giving them a hope for tomorrow. Spiritual, physical, educational, emotional, and social needs are what Back-to-Back Ministries is providing to the One, the One that Christ has promised to defend, rescue, and deliver. Back-to-Back Nigeria, care for today and hope for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So according to Luke chapter 12, the investment that we make in the lives of others will help build a spiritual foundation for our lives. You know, the Bible says that you know, only what's done for Christ will last. I remember singing that in a choir. I, I started singing in a choir, believe it or not, when I first started going to church. It's how I got really pulled in with all the other students. And the song was, you know, only what's done for Christ will last. Here's the deal. Everything you have on your back right now, all the clothes on your body are going to be eaten by moths and rotting in some landfill some, at, at some point. All the material possessions that we own are going to rust or be lost. They're not, they're not going to last. But the investment that we make in relationships will last for eternity. Will last for eternity. I'm going to ask Stephen Christie to come up now. Um, 
Steve and Chrissy are in Monterey. How long have you been in, in Mexico now? Six years. Holy mackerel. Sent these guys out six years ago. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys pretty much the same question that I asked Jason and Emily, a couple questions. First, tell us what God is doing in the lives of the children and the students uh, in, in Monterey, Mexico. Yeah, well, for us, 2012 has really been about another layer of depth. Back-to-back, um, in general, one of, the, one of the core focuses or DNA of back-to-back is depth with individual children. So Amen. we've always been focused on that, but God has really been revealing to us a whole other level of depth that we can do with these kids. So anything from, I mean, you saw in the Nigeria video, it talked about those five different areas um, of child, what we call our child development model. And basically, it just God's been really showing us how we can really get involved in these kids' lives to another level to really try to to invest in them to the point where they can then become um, self-sustainable, basically um, responsible adults. And so um, a lot of it has been focused on that. We're, we're doing some different programs now, um, just along the lines of, of like education specifically called our, our um, literacy program. And we're actually starting that in some of the children's homes. Three of the homes that we work with now actually have libraries, and they're actually either just getting those off the ground or have actually been established for a couple of years. And so it's been really cool to see how um, something that is, is a struggle for the educational system there is, is reading. It's something that might or might not necessarily be a focus on them. And so sometimes, um, even, and it's, it's sad, but some of these kids, they, will, they come from children's homes, and sometimes the teachers know that, and they'll be like, oh, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll be a mason, or they'll be, you know, kind of hmm. almost pushing to the side. And so what we really want to do is help them learn to read better. And just it's, it's a core thing, obviously, in life, just like they were talking about in Nigeria. So um, that's specifically with the children's homes. One of the things that we're, um, God's been revealing to us more and more about how do we do this right. And um, also in our, in our HOPE program, which is our education program, um, we have six what we call teen homes on our campus there in Monterey. And they, it's where teens come in from these children's homes, and they live there in a family environment. And um, just one of the things that we've done, started really in 2012, um, is our psychology program with these teens. So they come from broken backgrounds, just really, really tough situations that they've, they're starting to come out from, but it's just they need a lot of help. And so um, God's really provided uh, funding to be able to hire psychologists actually basically be on staff full time with that us. That's so good. It's, it's an awesome thing. And so just to see how that's impacting in their lives, just you can, you can tell. It's a, it's a long process. It's continual, but... It's, um, it's making a difference. It's making an impact. And so how can we swap to make your lives a little bit easier there to support the, support the ministry? Well, um, the gift catalog, actually, the, the back-to-back gift catalog, highlights a lot of different things that we've kind of seen um, in the ministry that just all, all, all uh, globally, really, is the way to say it. So from Nigeria to Haiti to uh, Mexico to the other sites that we work with, also in India as well. Um, just kind of things that we can do that are really practical. But one thing I want to highlight in there is our HOPE program. Um, one of the things that's listed in there is, uh, I don't know exactly what they call outings or what they say, but the heart of it is basically to provide fundings for these homes to be able to go out and spend time together as a, as a family unit, basically. So these kids, they come from different children's homes, um, and they don't necessarily know each other all that well. So just to provide an outing for them to be able yeah. to gel together as a family is something that can really be impactful. So. Outstanding. You guys are doing a great job. Your blessing. Before we put the video on, I just want to say one other thing. I want you to be thinking about this. We have the whole program in Mexico. Um, we're going to be looking to see how God can use us working with foster kids, foster care kids, especially the ones that are aging out. Um, we don't have to start from scratch, my friends, because we have we have success already in the ministry. And we can adapt to what we're thinking about doing. That's one of the things that we're, we're looking at here, here at Grace Chapel. So let's watch this video and see how God is working.
Back to Back is a ministry that loves the orphan child. We provide care for today and hope for tomorrow for kids in multiple countries and multiple continents. But really the common denominator is that we take the promises that God wrote to the orphan child in the Bible to come to them, to hear them, to maintain their cause, to execute true justice on their behalf, to give them food and clothing, to, to make them a home. Those promises we flesh out on a daily basis with our staff team, with our groups that come to visit, and then the orphans do that one to another. We create communities where they feel loved and safe, where we're able to educate them and pour into them, disciple them. Because at the end of the day, we want them to understand that they belong to the Lord God Almighty, that He chose them and pursues them and loves them. in these last 10 years and we feel um, in, the, in the development is there many things important not just to, to help students to, to acquire a career or a degree but something very important is to, to really explore how we can help them developing their skills in life skills in uh, social development emotional development we can have a professional but professional with no skill, social skills or emotional skills acquired is, is no really helping. I'd like to invite you to be involved with back-to-back -back ministries. There are so many ways you can come alongside of us as we reach together to serve the orphan child worldwide. One of the things you can do is pray. Please pray for the faces and the names of the children we've shared with you. You can go and eyewitness. I'd like to personally invite you to come and visit Africa. Come to Nigeria. Come to India. Come to Haiti. Come to Mexico. Come see any place that we're serving around the world. The ways in which God is reaching out and, and meeting and ministering to the needs of the orphan child. I'd like to ask you to consider to advocate. Think about the, the key relationships you had, the influences, your friends and family. Who can you be telling about what God's doing with the orphan child internationally? It will take all of us to do that. There's 163 million of them out there wondering if there's anyone coming after them, wondering if there's anybody who even notices. Let's tell them that we have heard the call of the Lord, and as a part of his body, we are coming and responding. Tell you what, yeah, absolutely, you can clap, you can clap. If, if you had any question of whether we were making a difference, um, question no more. God is truly working all over the world in our own community, in our own church. And I know a lot of you, um, you want to get, you're, you're the kind of people who want to get your hands dirty, you know what I mean? You want to get involved, you want to be engaged. And one of the goals that we have for all the members here at Grace Chapel is that at some point in your life, sooner rather than later, um, you go on a mission trip of some kind. 
And whether it's local, whether it's global, it doesn't matter. We just want to make sure every single person has a mission experience because we can truly impact the lives of so many people. You've seen it here this morning. What God is doing and what God is going to continue to do. It's interesting. I got a call from someone from Children's Services at Claremont County now who is just so excited about what we're, what we're even thinking about doing with the, if you will, the orphan child here in our own community. And uh, they would like to be a part and help train and do whatever they can do to help us be, fulfill the vision that we have to reach out to those kids in foster care. But I want every single one of you to go on some kind of mission trip. And so this year, um, more than any other year, we have a lot of opportunities. I'm going to kind of read through a couple of these starting this starting in March, March, the March, the 15th to the 24th. And this group, this this group is already pretty much trip is pretty much filled. We're going to Zimbabwe. Um, so that one's in March on June the 8th, David and Lauren Mead will lead a high school trip to Monterey, Mexico. So if you're in high school or if you'd like to be a part of the adult leadership team that goes on that trip, that'll be June the 8th through the 14th. Um, on June the, I believe the 15th, uh, Vic said we'll be taking, he'll be leading a trip to Mazalan, Mexico, different place. We have, Ma- we have Mazalan, we have Monterey, and we have Cancun. So we'll be going to Mazalan and to Monterey this year. On July the 15th to the 19th, David and Lauren will be leading a junior high trip. Uh, and also like a, it's a mission trip and a camp combined to Chicago. So if you have a junior hire, make sure if you have a junior hire, they're getting engaged in the youth ministry here. And make sure they go on this trip because it will really build into their lives. On July the 26th through August the 4th, Lisa is going to be leading a trip to India. So if you've ever wanted to go to India and invest in the lives of children there, um, make sure you sign up for that trip. Uh, on October the 4th through the 12th, Jason Nemley will be helping plan a trip to Jos, Nigeria. That is for 18 and over when it comes to Africa. So if you're an adult or you have an 18-year-old, some college students who want to go, um, and I'd li- what I'd like you to do is right back here, if you look back here, there's a table, and there's some, there's some uh, papers back there where you can sign up. Now, if you sign up, it doesn't mean you're going. It just means you're interested in getting information about that particular trip. One of, the, one of the things that truly has impacted our family, and Deb and I realized early on, was that we needed to take our kids on as many mission trips as possible. That was part of our foundation. It helped build character. It helped build a foundation. It helped keep our, our kids focused. You know, it, it's a, it was worth the investment that we made. It was so worth the investment that we made because we knew, we knew where a person's treasure is, there their heart will be also. This is so important that we, that we as followers of Jesus Christ uh, invest in the lives of others. Because, listen, if we truly want to be a follower of Christ, if we say we are, but we truly want to live that out, we can't just talk it. We have to walk it. And you've heard that before, but I really want to drive it home a little bit more this morning. You can't just talk about it. You, you know, there's a difference between being a kind of coming in and sitting down and I do my church thing. That's, that's kind of a talker. But I'm talking about being a walker, walking in it, walking in the passion, walking in a, a, a spirit-filled life with Jesus Christ. One of my favorite verses is 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. And it says this, We know that we have come to know him. Listen to every word. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Let's bow our heads. And as I'm bowing, could you stand up with me? I want you to stand up as we close. I want you to stand up and let's bow our heads together. Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you for the amazing opportunity you've given us to be here together this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for the way you're working in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge each one of us here this morning. That swap would become a part of our lives. That it would be a conscious effort for each one of us. Father, that we wouldn't just talk it, but that we would walk it. That we would live for you. That we would sacrifice for you. That we would give all of who we are and all of what we have for your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.